Hello. Hello! And welcome to Gone with the Windies. I'm Lindsay. I'm Brianna. And this is a weekly installment of this podcast. Episode 9, so welcome. We're glad you're here. I know. It's crazy. Next week we'll be recording episode 10. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A decade's worth. Crazy. Well, (laughs) sure. (laughs) So yeah, today's episode we're going to be talking about our Enneagrams, and this was a suggestion by Brown's friend Bonnie, who wrote in to our Instagram and left us a suggestion that we should talk about our Enneagrams. So here we are. Dedicated listener. Indeed. And she said personality tests, but both of us are much more intrigued by the Enneagram than Myers-Briggs or any of the other ones, so we're going to spend <laughs> bulk of our time this episode talking about that. But before we get into that, I think it was talked about two weeks ago in our first Read Aloud episode, but Brianna set some goals for herself, so we're going to talk about those goals. That's how we'll start off our weeks, is recapping, did we fail, did we succeed, did we change? Did we... Yeah. Yeah. So my goal was to finish the book better than before. And for some reason, instead of doing that, I finished another book that I've been reading for months. So I did not complete my goal. <laughs> you didn't complete the goal that we set on the podcast. But no. I also think that if I, every time that I asked you how you were doing... On that book, you said, well, I'm reading the other book instead. And so you were still yeah, motivated and That's focusing true. on reading. So I'm going to call it a success. Mm-hmm. And I redirected that energy to this other book that was a lot more interesting. Correct. And now that you're done with that book, now you have no excuses. Yeah, and so I have been reading it. So now, this time next week, you will have finished yes. better than before. And I'll be better than I was before. Exactly. Because that's how transformation works. You read a book and suddenly you're better. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And last week, um, we were talking about how she wanted to make a chart of all the books in her room. Mm-hmm. So we should actually include a picture of that. I'll we write should. that down so we don't forget. But yes, I helped her make a little chart that says Brian's <laughs> books to read. And she went through the books in her room and picked some to donate and picked some to keep. And the ones that she's keeping we put on the list so you can see what's next on her radar. There's 53 of them. So there's quite a few. Mm-hmm. And you will be kept busy for sure reading those books. But yes. yeah, she finished um, the very first one, which was East of Eden mm-hmm. by John Steinbeck. So Good old Steinbeck. Yeah, so she's done one of them, which is exciting, and now she's on to her second one. Yeah. And so, yeah, new goal for next week, finish that book. I also, this week, finished, speaking of books... I finished Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close by Jonathan Foer Saffron. I think that's how you say it. And uh, yeah, that was exciting. <laughs> I'm glad that I finished it. I, It was kind of proving to myself that I could read books in a timely manner because <laughs> all the books I've read before that recently just like have taken me a long time to get through. But I just put my head down and I said, I'm reading this book and it only took me like a week. So that's a lot faster. A lot faster than a lot of the other books I've read. (laughs) AKA Becoming, which took me a literal year. (laughs) So now I'm reading Wind in the Willows, and I wanted something, like, short and quick and just, like, a fun little fiction book to balance out because Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close was really sad because it was about a kid who lost his dad in 9-11. So it was just, like, not the most uplifting book. It was a really good book, and I'm glad that I read it, but I wanted something <laughs> uplifting after that, just yeah. about animals who live in the woods. So yeah. that's what Wind in the Willows is, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> but So I read that a little bit yesterday and some today, but my goal last week on the podcast was to work out every day, and we recorded that one on Monday. And starting Monday, we did work out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah. And today, Saturday, we haven't worked out yet, but it's only 3 o'clock, and we're planning on doing one soon after this. Mm-hmm. So after today's workout, I will have worked out Monday through Saturday. And then tomorrow, I'm hoping to do a stretching, either a stretching video or just, like, have a really good deep stretch for, like, 30 minutes because Ooh. I haven't been great at, like, deep fully stretch. stretching. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of leg stretching because I want to get my splits, but 
that's not a discussion for right now because I'm not... That is not a smart goal. That is just me saying mm. I want to do the splits, not actually yeah. <laughs> taking the steps I need to get there. But anyway, so yeah. <laughs> so this week, my goal, I guess, again, would be to work out every day. I think it was really good to have to know that I was going to talk about it on the podcast Mm -hmm. and be able to be like, yes or no, because there was definitely some days I was feeling really low energy. It's towards the end of my first group of classes for um, my program, and it's just like a lot going through the final projects and all that, so I was low energy this week, but yeah, picked it up. We did some short 15, 20-minute ones, but still really good workouts, Mm -hmm. so I'm really glad that we pick it up, because especially... I think it was yesterday. We went on a walk and got home. And did we have lunch before we worked out? Yeah, because I was really hungry. Oh, right, right. So we ate, and then we had a little break, and then we worked out. And I was just feeling so low energy. I, like, did not want to do it, and I was not in a great mood. But I was like, you know what? I have to do it. I'm going to talk about it on the podcast tomorrow. Mm. And so we did it, and I felt so much better afterwards. Like, my mood was improved. I just, like, felt better. I felt stronger. And, Mm. yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, a really nice to have that reminder every now and then. I feel like that it really does change your mood, like, in 15 minutes. Yeah. But having a negative mindset towards it makes it a lot harder. Mm, That's true. I've noticed that in my workouts, too. If I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this, it's like, I feel weaker and I just don't do it. I don't do as well. And so I'm not getting as much out of it. But if I, like, change my mindset, even between exercises, like... We'll do something for 45 seconds and I'm in a bad mood and then I'm like, no, you know what? This time I'm going all 45 seconds. I'm going really hard. And then I like positive self-talk the whole way through and then it's just, I feel so much better and so much more positive. So anyway, that was a crazy aside. My bad, but. No, but that's true. It, it does. Yeah. There's definitely like endorphins that are real. I used to think that was stupid. I was like, I never feel good after I work out. I always feel like. I mean, not, like, garbage, but just, like, tired and sweaty and, like, how could anyone enjoy doing this? But last night we went to play Frisbee just at Lindsay's old elementary school. And I don't know. I started being a different person, genuinely, halfway through. I was just, like, so free. (laughs) I had no inhibitions. I was just being stupid and fun. And I think that was just doing something active with people in a public place, even though there was no people around. It was just something happened, a switch flipped, and I was just, like, so happy. Yeah, that's the crazy thing that I've noticed, too, like I was talking about mindset. It's really crazy that you have complete control over your mindset, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying you can just make yourself be happy all the time, because I know that's not true, and that's really hard, especially going through something like the world's going through right now, but I don't know, just if you're having a bad day, talk yourself out of it. Like, Take a step back, do something you enjoy doing, and tell yourself that you're having a good time doing it, and try and, like Brianna was saying, try and flip that switch, and that's what working out has done for me, and yoga or meditation is really helpful and just crazy, because I used to, like, get sad, and I was like, well, I'm sad now, and just sink into it, and that's fine to do sometimes. It's not a bad thing to be sad. It's okay to let yourself feel your feelings, but at the same time, if you think that you want to be happy... Do something for yourself to make yourself happy. Work out and be positive. Talk to yourself positively. I have really bad negative self-talk sometimes, and so I've been working really hard to change that, and this can transition us actually into our episode, but (laughs) um, trying to change that because if you catch yourself being mean to yourself, shut it down immediately. You need to recognize how you're talking to yourself in order to change it, and that's something that I didn't realize till recently. I caught myself being like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Like, that's so ridiculous. And then I was like, no, Lindsay, you're amazing. You do not have to be perfect to be good. And, like, that Mm. was my mantra. And I actually got that from the book that we're going to read from. But, wow. yeah, I don't know. It's really, really powerful to pay attention to how you talk to yourself and pay attention to your thoughts. And don't tell yourself that you're bad for thinking them because you're not. There's a reason you think that way. And that's totally fine. We're a product of our environment. But recognizing it is the first step to change. It's like any problem. You can't change it unless you know it's a problem. So. You sound like a total child psychologist right now. Oh my gosh. But it's awesome. You're speaking in a very, like, clear, straightforward way, like, to kids. But it's good. (laughs) Yeah. But, okay, so that was from working out. But going back to goals. (laughs) My goal this week is to work out 
every day and do a stretch on Sunday and then work out Monday through Saturday. And Brianna's goal is to finish her book better than before. Mm -hmm. So right now we're shaking on it and we'll talk to you about how we did next week. And this will also hold us accountable to be recording once a week instead of crazy random sporadically. So I think that'll be good too because it's just hard sometimes, especially with this because there's like 15 of you listening, which we love you so much, but it's also not like the only person that will hold us accountable is our dad he'll be like where's the episode but like a lot of other people won't (laughs) say anything about it and so it's easier I think for us especially Brianna as an obliger like she was talking about Mm -hmm. right last week yeah um it's easy for us to kind of just be like well we don't necessarily have to do it and so we don't have an exact plan but recording every Saturday that's a that's a plan my man that is a plan so Stan Anyway, we can hop right into this week's episode. I say hop right Let's into hop. after 11 and a half minutes of talking. But yes. Um, yeah, so this week's episode is all about the Enneagram. So do you want to briefly describe the Enneagram? I feel like I've been talking this whole episode. Sure, I can describe the Enneagram. So there's a lot of, I think, misconception about what the Enneagram is. A lot of people think it's just a personality test that is like completely bonkers and someone just came up with it and it's baseless. A lot of people don't know it actually (laughs) originates from a really, really, really long time ago. Um, A lot of people think that there's like satanic slash cult origins in it. Like, I don't know. I don't know all the truth to that, but I know that it is a tool that can be really helpful in understanding the way you're motivated and um, what kind of things are really valuable to you as a person. So, essentially, it's broken up into nine different numbers, categories, and each number kind of has a different item that they are motivated by intrinsically. And these can have positive implications and negative implications in every category. It's not like one category is better than another. It's just different ways of being. But should we... Do we need to walk through all of the categories we don't have to we can make a short brief statement about them but Mm -hmm. essentially to tone down what Brianna was saying it is nine different there's nine different types and each person will supposedly fit into one of these types better than the others so it doesn't mean that you don't have a little bit of each type it doesn't mean that you only do these things it's just more of a generic way to look at yourself and see what motivates you and the reason that you act the way you do. Yeah, the reason that you make the decisions you make Mm -hmm. is the biggest thing I think about it. Yeah. So I just recently read the book that Brianna got me for Christmas, actually, about the Enneagram. It is, where is it? Uh, I don't know. I literally took it off my bookshelf and proceeded to lose it. Oh, it's (laughs) underneath my clipboard. (laughs) So it is called The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery by Ian Morgan Cron. Suzanne Stabile. Stabile? I don't know. I read this book towards the beginning of quarantine and it just kind of it gives a short history of the Enneagram and then a little bit of a deep dive into each of the types. Mm -hmm. So just I guess to give a brief oh do you know all the types? Do you know the names of all of them? I'm not sure if I know all the names. I can try. I know type one is the reformer. They are motivated by the idea of being good or perfection. Type 2 is the helper. They are motivated by being needed by other people. Type 3 is the achiever. They're motivated by external, like, validation, kind of. Um, Type 4 is the romantic or the individualist, motivated by having a unique identity. So, type 5 is the investigator or the observer. They are motivated by being capable and competent and like knowing a lot of things Mm -hmm. um type six type six is the loyalist i believe they're motivated by like security security and support yeah um type seven is the enthusiast they're motivated by like avoiding pain having their needs fulfilled type eight is the protector and they are the challenger or the challenger And they're motivated by a need to be self-reliant, to prove their strength, and resist weakness. And the last one, type 9, the peacemaker. They are motivated by kind of like avoiding conflict and having peace of mind and inner stability. So you might think it's all garbage. And honestly, you're entitled to that opinion. But I think Lindsay and I have both found that 
we resonate really deeply with one type in particular and we can see how how we really do fit into that mold not entirely but aspects of that mold like just are who we are Mm -hmm. and knowing more about it has helped us to kind of recognize the unique ways that we were made and how to use those things to our advantage when they might be actually like kind of negative things if we're unaware of them yeah and also i mean more self-awareness understanding why you are the way you are is really helpful in forgiving yourself Mm. for the things that you do i found this like yeah I'm the reason I am because of how I grew up and not necessarily anyone acting a certain way, but just how I perceive the world and the reason that I am the way I am is because of that. And so being aware of that can really help you understand yourself and forgive yourself and not be mad for you being a certain way because that's beautiful. Like everyone Mm. is their own person and that's wonderful. But understanding yourself better can really help you assess and observe your actions and how they impact others. And also knowing why other people function the way they do helps you love them better and helps you be more understanding of the reasons they act as they do. Mm -hmm. For example, Brianna doesn't take criticism well all the time. And a lot of times if she's in a bad place, sometimes she just wants to be heard. Mm -hmm. And that's something I don't really understand because that's not the way I work. But after like learning about the Enneagram and sort of reading about people like Brianna, I can kind of take a step back and be like, okay, she's upset. But I can just tell her that I understand and that it's okay to be upset. And instead of me trying to go in and fix her problem because I'm the reformer, that's what I want to do. I want to fix things. Instead of trying to go in and be like, oh, you're sad. Let's do yoga. Oh, you're sad. Um, Here's a tissue. Uh, feel better. <laughs> and like try and make her feel better. I can just like take a step and like hug her and be like, yeah, I hear you. And that sucks. Yeah. And that's what she needs to hear sometimes. And that's not always what I need to hear. And so I didn't understand that until honestly pretty recently. But... Yeah, so it's just a tool that has helped me in my life um, understand myself better and also definitely understand my friends better Yeah, and my family and just interact with them in ways that are more productive. Yeah, I think the healthiest way to look at it is just as that, as a tool, and you can take what you need from it, throw away what you don't need, and you don't need to let it tell you who you are entirely. Just exactly. let, it, let it tell you what sounds true to you. Exactly. Yeah. Like, there's things that a type 1 does that... Oh, I'm a type 1, by the way. We haven't even said that yet. There's things that type 1s do maybe I don't do. There's things type 3s do that maybe I also do. And so it's not so much putting you in this box and telling you this is how you are and this is how you have to be. It's just a way to understand yourself better. Mm -hmm. So that's how I would recommend looking at it and just try and be honest with yourself. That's the hardest part about typing yourself, which is figuring out what type you are, is being honest because this is it digs really deep it's not Mm -hmm. oh do you follow the rules that's like a very surface level question that tries to dig deeper about who you are and so it's really important to be honest when you're answering these questions because it's hard some of the things are hard to face Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily answering your ideal version of you it's answering you as you are come as you are because okay this is getting really deep but like you're you are the way you are for a reason okay anyway But yeah, so that's an introduction to the Enneagram (laughs) and why we think that it can be helpful and important. And so, yeah, Yeah. maybe you'll be inspired to find your type. There's lots of free tests online. And then the best thing to do, I think, is to read about the types that you get. So if it says you're like could be a type two or type four or whatever, read about that type and see if it resonates with you. Don't take the test as like a, like, oh, that's my highest score. That has to be it because there's a lot of things that just the questions, yes or no questions, don't tell you about yourself. Yeah. And honestly, the tests that are online are like really reductive for the most part. And so it's probably, you'll probably be one of the ones that it gives you, but you might not even be one of the ones that they give you. So just read through yourself. And the one that makes you feel the most attacked is probably the one that's you. That's big facts. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's exactly what happened for me. Like, as soon as someone read me the the one of her four, I was like, okay, yep, that is entirely me. Because I felt so vulnerable. And I was like, I hate this. I want to run away. And I just want to never read about this again. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm a really fast reader, so I'm going to give this to Brianna, and she's going to read about type 1s, which is actually about me. So I'm a type 1. This is Lindsay speaking. I feel like you can probably tell, but... Yep. And so Brianna's going to read about me. Yeah. 
Yeah, something I really liked about the the book that I gave Lindsay is that each chapter is prefaced with um, a few statements about what it's like to be that type, and it can be really helpful if you don't know what type you are. Um, so I'm just going to read for the ones. People have told me I can be overly critical and judgmental. I beat myself up when I make mistakes. I don't feel comfortable when I try to relax. There's too much to be done. <laughs> I don't like it when people ignore or break the rules, like when the person in the fast lane at the grocery store has more items than allowed. Details are important to me. I often find that I'm comparing myself to others. If I say I'll do it, I'll do it. It is hard for me to let go of resentment. I think it is my responsibility to leave the world better than I found it. I have a lot of self-discipline. I try to be careful and thoughtful about how I spend my money. It seems to me that things are either right or wrong. I spend a lot of time thinking about how I could be a better person. Forgiveness is hard for me. I notice immediately when things are wrong or out of place. I worry a lot. I'm really disappointed when other people don't do their part. I like routine and don't readily embrace change. I do my best when working on a project and I wish others would do the same so I wouldn't have to redo their work. Oh my gosh. My uh, whole undergrad. <laughs> and last, I often feel like I try harder than others to do things correctly. So yeah, <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. And those are actually very, I've talked about this with some of my friends before, how like I am a very, I'm very type one. Like, a lot of people resonate with, like, most of those statements about their type or, again, because those are generalizations, too. It's, like, very concrete examples of the processes that kind of go on in my head. But, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm very type one. Yeah. So, I mean, if you know me, you know that all of those statements are, like, crazy true for me. Yep. Oh, gosh. Literally, the one that was, like, like love self-growth. And I literally just spent, like, five minutes talking about how it's awesome to use the Enneagram to, like, improve yourself. <laughs> Woo. Yep. Okay. Of course you love it. So now I'm going to read the statements for Brianna, who is a type four, and I'll try and read slow. I'm worried if I read my own, I would have just breezed past them because I'd been like, oh, mm-hmm. too attacked. Okay. What it's like to be a type four. I like things that are unconventional, dramatic, and refined. I'm definitely not a fan of the ordinary. I never really felt like I belonged. I have so many feelings in a day, it's hard to know which ones to pay attention to first. Some people think I'm aloof, but I'm really just unique. (laughs) That one's stupid. (laughs) In social situations, I tend to hang back and wait for others to approach me. Melancholy is comfortable for me, so it's annoying when people try to cheer me up. Mm -hmm. I'm not like everyone else. Phew. Ew. (laughs) I'm very sensitive to criticism, and it takes me a while to get over it. I spend a lot of time trying to explain myself. When people tell me what to do, I'm often tempted to do the opposite. Sometimes I just disappear and go radio silent for a few days. I'm okay with sad songs, sad stories, and sad movies. Overly happy people give me a headache. I feel like there is something essential lacking in me. It's always really hard for me to settle into a relationship because I'm always looking for my ideal soulmate. I'm self-conscious. It's hard for me to find my place in a room full of people. People say I'm too intense and my feelings overwhelm them. I'm either an artist or highly creative. I come up with one amazing creative idea after another. It's executing them that's hard. Lots of people misunderstand me and it makes me frustrated. I pull people in, but then I get nervous and push them away. I worry a lot about abandonment. Thank you for that. So talk about those. Uh, I don't know. Some of them, I'm like, that's annoying. I don't really think I push people away. Yeah. But, yeah, for the most part, all of them are true. I'm bad at following through, but I really like starting things. I'm not a finisher. Um, That's actually something that they talk about in the book that I'm reading right now is, like, openers and finishers. And I am absolutely an opener, and I feel like you are absolutely a finisher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not that either of those things are bad, but... I don't know. When I first um, learned about this, I was with a few friends and someone read those all to me and I was like, hmm, yeah. Yeah, I think that's me because that sounds really annoying. And (laughs) like a lot of those things were things I didn't like about myself, about trying really hard to be different, trying really hard to know everything about myself when like that's not possible. 
really. If you haven't, I don't know. I was like 19. I'm still super young. I'm barely older than that. But I remember a lot of people thought, I don't know. It's really hard to know someone's type unless you know them really well, I feel like. And a lot of people were trying to tell me, oh, I think you're this. I think you're this. And it was like people that barely knew me. And my one friend who like essentially mentored me and knew me really well was like, no, I think you're a four. And she was the only one that guessed it. And she was right. Yeah. So I think it just goes to show like people, you really have to know someone to know what motivates them and to know like the really intimate parts of them that they don't share with everyone. Exactly. And like, I was asking my cohort, which is like the 15 people that are in my grad school classes with me. I was asking all of them if any of them knew their Enneagram type. And it was so funny because they were like trying to figure out, they were like taking the test and whatever. And they were like, I don't know, like, what do you guys think? And I'm like, I literally don't know. Like, these are people I have never met in person except like a couple of them. And so I was like, you just got to be honest with yourself. And I know that's like the most annoying thing to hear, but it's like, it's something that's really hard to mm-hmm. type someone else unless you, like you said, know them super well because it's about motivation. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know what motivates people. It's even hard if you do know someone because yeah. they might not share everything that exactly. they think or do. Yeah, and like externally, everything will present itself in different ways. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to tell. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Next, we're going to talk about childhood as our types. Uh-oh. So childhood as a one. So ones really want to reform. They want to change the world. So from a young age, I wanted to be a teacher, which, Mm -hmm. like, checks out changing the world one child at a time. (laughs) But um, we would always play teacher. I would be like, oh, my gosh, Brandon, we have to play teacher. And I would, like, set up my stuffed animals on the bed, and I would teach them things. So that's a very, very type one thing that I did, even as a child. And I would never want to be the teacher. I would always just either sit with the stuffed animals or, like, not even pay attention and do my own thing. Yeah, or <laughs> and you just let Lindsay <laughs> Just let Lindsay do whatever. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess this is kind of a four thing, but from a really young age, I was drawn to, like, creating new things. Duh. Who would have thought? Um, but I remember... I started writing songs in like third or fourth grade. Actually, I think I started, just started with stories in third grade or second grade. I mean, you write a lot in school, but I was like really into it and I would write a lot of mysteries and it was super fun. And then in fourth grade, I don't know what happened. I think that was when I started like genuinely having crushes. And so my outlet was like, oh, write a song about it. And they were really bad songs, like truly horrible. I mean, you heard one of them in one of the other podcasts. Ooh, they're bad because I focus so much on rhyming and not at all on content, but I really, I don't know why, I was just drawn to like expressing myself in that way and not necessarily telling anyone those things or sharing the songs with people, but just like having them somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that really made me a one was like just perfection in general is like one is also known as the perfectionist. And just, like, in school, like, my grades. The other week when we were looking for our, like, writing stories to read, I saw some of my report cards, and I, like, didn't... I didn't have, like, all A's and O's or whatever. So, like, I don't know. Maybe this started, like, once I got to middle school and high school. But once I got to middle school and high school, I would try so hard to get, like, all A's and just, like, be perfect at everything. And, yeah, that was super annoying. But it'd be like that, you know? Yeah. And yeah, the opposite side of that is Brianna. (laughs) Well, yeah, I just had different priorities. Like, I cared about school enough to, like, try, but I didn't care enough to be butthurt if I didn't get an A on a math test, because I was just like, oh, I'm just not that good at math, so it's fine. Something else with fours, in my experience with you at least, is the need to be authentic. Hmm. So I feel like you, like, putting in tons of effort for something that didn't matter to you, like, that's not authentic because yep. it's not something that you wholeheartedly care about. So, like, what's the point? In, yeah. yeah. And even in high school, like, I didn't know what I was going to study in school. and But I knew that I didn't like math or science, so I knew I probably wasn't going to be studying any of those things. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it just wasn't super relevant to me. I never yeah. took any, like, APs in those subjects. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, meanwhile, I was, like, taking only (laughs) math and science because I liked it the best. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we were talking about this before we recorded, obviously. We were, like, prepping a little bit and just talking about how Brianna definitely excels in writing and English and reading and those, like, 
types of subjects, whereas I excel in, like, math and science because it's, like, rules. Mm -hmm. Like, math, there's, like, a specific way to do it, and if you... Well, okay, this is, like, going against everything I'm learning in my classes right now, but, like, (laughs) in terms of, like, higher-level formulaic math, there's a certain way to solve the problem, and that's how you do it. And so I was like, all right, cool, like, I can learn that. Boom. Like, you just whatever, find the derivative, find the integral, there's a set of rules and you follow them. (laughs) So I was like, this is perfect. Like, I can be perfect at this. Like, I can just do it really well because it's just facts that I can memorize and put to the test and whatever. Meanwhile, Brianna is, like, out there, like, writing amazing, like, stories and whatever. Not even close to amazing, but thank you. But you're a good writer. (laughs) And you felt inspired and you felt like you could write, like, you did journalism. It's not like you were never writing anything. Like, yeah, so, like, just the... Even the school subjects that we tended towards yeah. is very telling of it's true. our types. It's kind of funny that we both did orchestra. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. I feel like for different reasons. But, I mean, I guess at the same time, we also just liked it. And so it doesn't yeah. even necessarily have to do with anything. Of I don't really, yeah, I could not even explain, like, why I kept doing orchestra. <laughs> like, I just, like, did. Like, yeah. it was like I started it and I was like, all right. Which also speaks to something else I wrote down, which is determination. Hmm. I am incredibly self-determined. And, like, so I think that was one of the things, like, I started in fourth grade. And I was like, all right, like, I'm doing this. Like, I have a bass now. I'm doing it. And also, like, renting the bass is expensive. So it was, like, Hmm. my parents were putting money towards this. So I was like, all right, like, we're going to do it. Like, I'm not just going to stop and, like, have them keep paying for something I'm not going to use. But, Hmm. yeah, so I think just being determined and being like, all right, I'm doing this now. And, like, I said I would play bass, so I'm going to play bass. And... So I just did throughout high school. Yeah. Yeah. But by the time, I mean, by the time it became eighth grade, I was, like, making friends in the program. So, like, then it was, like, if they were going to do it in high school, I would do it in high school and stuff, so. Yeah, it turned into more of a community thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, something else (laughs) that I forgot happened relating to orchestra and trying to be perfect is I tried out for, like, the eighth grade orchestra when I was a rising seventh grader at Irving, and the teacher that I had, Miss Herrera, was literally the best. She ended up becoming my high school teacher, too, but she was the middle school orchestra director, and I, like, played the piece that I had prepared for auditioning for the eighth grade, whatever, and it was good, and then she gave me a piece to just... She just wanted to see how I could sight read a piece, like, if I could figure out how to do it or if I, like, had to practice a lot to, like, get something. I think just, like, how natural I was at whatever. I think I remember this. And I saw it, and I was like, oh my gosh, I've never played this piece before, and I, like, tried it, and it was hard. Like, I think she gave me a hard piece on purpose to, like, see what I could do. And so I freaked out, and I was, like, already terrified because I hate auditioning for things, and so I started crying, like, Aww. while I was auditioning. And she was like, oh my gosh, like, it's literally fine. Like, I just wanted to see how you would do with this piece, like, see what you knew. And, yeah, so that's funny. I was, like, so terrified of not being perfect that I literally started crying, like, in the middle of my audition with this teacher that I, like, didn't really know. So, yeah, that's fun. Miss her, if you're listening to this, you get a shout out because That was the first you. time you met her? I think so. Oh my gosh. I feel like that's how she understood you so well. Yeah. She also wrote about me crying in my college essay, which I got to read after she already sent it to all the college. She did? Yeah. I don't know where that is. I should find it. Oh my gosh. That's so sweet. At the end of the school year, she like gave us all our little letters that she wrote for us for college recs and I read it and it was basically like, Lindsay cares a lot. She literally cried a bunch of times. I was like, I mean, that's valid. (laughs) I never got my recommendation letter back. You should ask her for it. I don't think I asked Miss Her. I think I asked Miss Nelson. Okay, well then that's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's a fun, very concrete example of me needing to be perfect, and I wasn't. Wow. And I literally cried Aww. in front of this stranger teacher that I didn't know at all. <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah, Whew, orchestra. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh wait, wait. I do have an example of me being a four for orchestra. The only reason I chose a viola is because it was different than a violin. That and I so thought it. Funny. I thought it was so annoying that everyone was choosing the violin that I was yeah. like, I'm gonna choose the viola. Yeah, it was always the smallest, and everyone's so mean to violas, and I think it's stupid because violas sound so much better than violins, in my humble opinion. And I know I'm biased, but they do. Look it up. They sound so beautiful. Yeah, they're such a nice. <laughs> that is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Brianna's need to be unique has really impacted me also in my past. Oh. Just, like, how judgmental you were of me when I, I would know. do something, like, slightly mainstream. Like, I know. I would read, I read, like, The Fault in Our Stars, because I was like, oh, <laughs> I should have to see, whatever, like, stupid. It's literally on my bookshelf right now. But 
and like I walk into her room and she saw that I was holding it one time and she was like oh you're reading that and I was like yeah and she was like everyone's reading that and I was like yeah probably because it's good and I like kept reading it or whatever but I was like so ashamed because she was like oh like something someone else would do that too like how dare you read that okay yeah I don't know if this is common with all fours but like we have this idea that we have to fit in and we don't belong but at the same time we're like we want to be different but we want to be not different enough that we're like excluded and Mm -hmm. right after Lindsay read the fall in our stars i read it i'm pretty sure or even before i don't know but i definitely read that book at one point so it's kind of hilarious that i would say something like that and then completely backtrack and just read it yeah yeah (laughs) that was also tumblr influencing me and making me think that anything mainstream was stupid and i had to listen to like the arctic monkeys to be cool oh knowing your favorite thing oh yes have a discussion about that yeah well I've just always been obsessed with like knowing what my favorite song book color movie anything is because I like want to know myself and I thought that anything that's my favorite thing is like important to me and I have to know it and I have to be able to tell people about it so I remember from a really young age like deciding my favorite color is blue and that's part of my identity and that's what I tell people when people ask me what my favorite color is it's like in my head I was constantly building like you know on the first day of school you would fill out those pieces of paper that's like your favorite food blah 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 it's like I was constantly building that repertoire in my mind and just updating it when things would change and I remember the year before I went to college I don't know why but I was just like really fixated on it then and I was like what's my favorite everything blah 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 and I made a whole list of it and I still have it yeah oh my goodness (laughs) it was like Beyonce Taylor Swift um Leanne Le Havis were all my favorite musicians and I wrote why and like my favorite color oh my gosh wait I want to read that and we can up wait what do you have it now is it downstairs I think it's in one of my journals yeah I think I taped it oh would you be able to find it or would it be I could probably find it yeah I okay the reason I got this journal was because I thought it was so unique and Mm -hmm. it just says blah 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 all around and it's like lime green and now the other ones looked like it and I thought it was cool checks out (laughs) Okay. Sorry, I'm out of breath <laughs> going downstairs. Um, dear journal, sometimes I get worried that one day I'm going to wake up and not remember anything about myself. Oh my god! So right now I'm going to write down a bunch of things about myself that I know for sure. It's like I thought I was going to get amnesia. Like, how would that even happen? Okay. One, my favorite colors are aqua, coral, and mint. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I was about to say that. I had like first, second, third of a lot of things. Oh my gosh. Is that still your three favorite colors? Kind of, yeah. I really like those combinations. Nice. Um, hold, Held up over time. Held up, yeah. Two, I love anything cotton candy flavored. Still true. Three, Ew. shut up, it's good. I always get that at the dentist. Are you serious? Yeah. <gasps> it's so good. No, it's gross. It's so good. It's I don't like even care what you say. It's chewing on sugar. I love it. Okay. Literally earlier today, I said I wanted a spoonful of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I was kidding. I just wanted something sweet. Okay. I mean, that's literally what cotton candy is. Anyways. I know. That's my point. Three. My favorite movie is Spy Kids 2. Uh, did not hold up, but that's okay. That's what's, what I told people my freshman year of college, though. What's your favorite movie now? My favorite movie now is The Parent Trap. Which? Which we will be doing a whole episode on because I have so many thoughts about it. How about it. next week? You know what? Next week it's happening. Because I finished my class on Thursday. I can celebrate finishing my final by watching The Parent Trap. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Next yeah. week you're getting a Parent Trap episode. Four. Favorite songs broken down into categories. Feel good songs. Somewhere Only We Know by Keen. I was obsessed with that song for a long time. Yeah, you were. Two. Brand New Day by Codaline. God, why did I... Okay. Three, Love Song by Sarah Barrielis. Still love that song. Still don't know if I'm saying her name right. Okay, I had a whole category for Taylor Swift songs. This needs to be updated because new music has been released. But, okay, still holds up for the most part. Number one, All Too Well. I love All Too Well. All Too Well is also the most forced song in the world. It's like five minutes long, follows... I mean, there's choruses and stuff, but it's so long and there's so many intricate details I love All Too Well. Okay. I told you about how that's Jared's. Right? Yeah. We talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Jared, another four in my life. Yeah. And it's <sighs> so funny. We talk about the Enneagram literally all the time because I am such a one and he's such a four. And I understand four is like no other because of Brianna because yeah. I really grew up with one. 
so funny. Yep. Um, anyways, I'm an all too well warrior, still tried and true. Two, okay, I'm still on the Taylor Swift list. There's five songs. All too well is number one. Number two is Last Kiss. Still bops, yes, but I feel like probably wouldn't be number two now. Three, Dear John. Oh, Dear John is so good. Four, Wildest Dreams. I don't know why I liked that one, to be honest. I mean, it's good. I love that song. Okay, it's good. It's good. Just, okay. Five, White Horse. I don't know why. I think I thought that I had to have, like, an old one thrown in there, even though I don't really like that one that much. Um, okay. Continued. I have a whole list for sad songs. Number one, Holding On To You by 21 Pilots. I still love that song. That's a good song. Adage with a pen by 21 Pilots. <laughs> Breathe Me by Sia. Does anyone remember that song? It was in Cyberbully. No. Oh, you definitely would if you heard it. Okay. Um, Lost and Found by Leanne Le Havis. Okay, I've been listening to so much Leanne Le Havis again, and she's so yeah, good. It's really good. Her, she actually has a new album coming out really soon. Really? I'm very excited about it. Yes. Oh, she's fantastic. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Nice. Yes. Okay, and I have a whole category for Beyonce. <laughs> number one, Countdown. Number two, Love on Top. Number three, Ring Off. Oh, I mean, I honestly, it still holds up. Those are all all of these songs, songs are so good. Four, I Care. Okay, that's a four bop. That's a four anthem because it's like, ugh. I, okay, anyways, I don't need to talk about it. Five, Jealous. Six, Crazy in Love. Seven, Scared of Lonely. Ooh. <laughs> And a lot of the songs that I picked that I like are thematically things that I resonate with. Like, it doesn't really matter how it sounds. To me, the lyrics were really important. That's so yeah. funny. Eight, Partition. Interesting choice. Nine, Drunken Love. Ten, Single Ladies. Oh, Partition is so good. Partition is really good. Oh I my can't gosh, believe- I just had an amazing idea. <clears throat> what? Can we put all of these songs on a playlist and then link it? Yes, absolutely. So that everyone can look and listen to these songs. Absolutely. We will listen- <laughs> Um, yes. Brian's, what, 2015 favorites? Yes. Oh, it's so funny. Like, none of these even really came out in 2015. Okay. Five. Okay, this is <laughs> done with my category of songs. Now we're on to food. I said, five, my favorite food is guacamole. Six, my favorite fruit is mango. I guess that's still true. Seven, my favorite artists are Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Leanne Le Havis, 21 Pilots, Orla Gartland, Small Pools, and One Direction. Um, I don't think most of that is true anymore, but yeah, I stand by it for that time. <laughs> Eight, my favorite TV shows are Boy Meets World slash Girl Meets World, The Office, Parks and Rec, Scrubs, Gilmore Girls, and Arrested Development. That's really interesting because those aren't very unique. Okay, actually, no, the Boy Meets World thing. I think I loved it so much because I knew no one else was going to be watching it while I was watching it. A hundred I love watching things like 20 years after they've been released because I get to enjoy it without people talking about it and I can just like form my own opinions on like it. Like your current Sex in the City? Yes. I'm watching Sex in the City right now and I have a lot of thoughts about it. That'll be another episode. Okay. All right, what's the last one? Last one. I write songs sometimes, but I wish they were better. Oof. Yeah, big oof. All right, now I'm taking this right now because I'm <laughs> going to make a playlist and I will include a picture of it. Yeah. And you'll have to shuffle the playlist. I'm going to go in order. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty much all we had to say about our Enneagram types. I still had one more story from my childhood. Um, so lately I've been editing a lot of old footage that we... Uh, converted to digital so like old tapes from when I was born and Lindsay was born and (laughs) most of it is from Christmases because that's the only time my dad really would record regularly Um, but a lot of times I noticed that I would get really upset if someone gave me a present and like had already named it like if it was a doll or a stuffed animal I'd be really upset if I couldn't name it myself there's one video of me opening up like a Kelly doll and I really wanted to name her Kelly and my mom was like oh no look her name is Chelsea and I said well I want to name her Kelly and since she's my doll I can name her whatever I want to and I was just very like matter of fact about it and I was like no this is mine I get to decide like what her name is and what she's about um and there was another time (laughs) this story makes me really sad because I'm like wow I was (laughs) I was kind of awful when I was a kid (laughs) Um, it was like my fifth birthday party and this really sweet girl in my neighborhood gave me a Build-A-Bear that she had made herself and she had the certificate and everything. Do you remember 
they would come in like those cardboard homes. Oh yeah. It was so cute. And I'm opening it and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I see her certificate and she had named her because when you make a -A Build-A-Bear, you have to name it yourself at the store. And I was like, well, I want her name to be Barbie. And I was really upset because she had already been named and it was already on a certificate. And I felt like I was stripped of that ability to like name her what I wanted to name her. And I didn't even like thank this girl. This poor girl was so sweet. She would come to all of our birthday parties and we would hang out. She was really Mm -hmm. awesome. And I was just ungrateful for this present because I couldn't name it myself. Even though it doesn't really matter what a piece of paper says. Like, I could have named it anything. But it was just funny watching those recently because I was like, wow, I was really into naming things. That kind of goes along with my four instincts of, like, having to have identity, having to make your own identity. And Yeah, if someone else named it, it wasn't unique. You had to be the one to name it. Yep. It didn't feel like it belonged to me if I couldn't like call it what I wanted to anyways and that's kind of that's the last really example I have but I would encourage you if you're listening and you know your type already to kind of think about things that you would do when you were a kid and maybe you've already thought of this before if you have like kind of learned about your Enneagram type you probably have recognized things that you used to do that go along with your type but yeah it could just be a fun exercise it's been fun for me yeah it has and it's cool too to see like the reasons people act the way they do like Mm -hmm. me looking back on my childhood and being like no you know what I can read The Fault in Our Stars because it was said to be a good book yeah and that's okay that Brianna was like not wanting to read it but that doesn't necessarily mean she has to tell me that I'm wrong for reading it and so like yeah it's just helpful to know your own as well as other people's In my experience. Yeah, I think I had to grow in realizing that, like, I don't need to force that on other people. Like, that's not a standard that everyone else around me needs to meet. Yeah. And I think even throughout college, that was something I was having to, like, let go of. Because sometimes we watch bad movies and I'm like, I don't, I don't know, I don't hate bad movies. It's fun to watch bad movies sometimes, but... I think that my standards got really pretentious and to the point where I was, like, enforcing that on other people and that's not fair and that's really stupid. And even the idea of, like, high art and low art is kind of stupid to me now and I'm like, you know what, I want to read books that everyone else is reading because they're probably not the worst. Yeah. So I'm kind of over it, but it's still hard sometimes. I still have to fight it. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's just, again, like, knowing is the first step. Like, me realizing that, like... I have a very critical eye because I want to fix things. And so I'll go into a situation and I'll be like, oh, like, that could be better. Whereas, like, in my mind, I'm helping them. Like, I'm telling them, like, oh, like, this is awesome, but, like, you could make it better by doing this. And then, like, they'll have the best product when someone else could see that and be like, oh, they think it's not good enough. They think I have to change it because it's Mm -hmm. not good enough the way it is, which is not at all my intention. Like, I obviously consider myself to have good intentions but it just doesn't always come off that way Mm -hmm. and so me recognizing that not everyone has that like crazy critical eye like helps me take a step back when I'm about to say something and be like no like do I want to say that (laughs) will that help them or will it hurt them Mm -hmm. and I need to keep that in mind too when I like become a teacher because I'm so I want to help people be their best self but that's not always what they need or want and that's something you have to do on your own I can't change you I can't make you a better person or make you a different person or anything like that's something that has to come from within and so yeah something that I need to keep in mind and that I've been working at a lot but yeah, yeah. it's just a really awesome tool to be able to learn yourself better and learn other people better and figure out how they need to be loved and what you can do for them yeah it helps you realize the standards that you're holding people to are often the standards you hold yourself to mm-hmm. and that's not good Mm -hmm. most of the time yeah opens your eyes to the different viewpoints of the world Mm, yeah because you obviously only live your life in your experience yeah so like I kind of had this warped mindset of like yeah this is like how it is like everyone sees things the way I see them everyone wants things to be perfect everyone is very self-critical because that's how you get things done how am I gonna be (laughs) better if I don't criticize myself Mm. when no no (laughs) no but yeah just interesting to see people's motivations for things they do yeah but it's really cool leads to lots of understanding in my experience but yeah I don't know I think I guess that's all for this week I can't really yeah I would love to hear if you guys follow us on Instagram what your type is if you already knew 
um, what that has looked like for you, and maybe we'll, like, read some of those responses or comments in the next episode. Yes, please. Um, Our Instagram is at Gone with the Windies. Yep. We post every week with the pictures that go along with what we talk about in the episode. So if you're listening to this, you can look at her journal cover. I'll have a link to the <laughs> Spotify playlist I'm, I just made. And yeah. yeah. I also need to add a side note about that journal. That journal has seen some ugly things. That's all I got to say about that. That journal is like so crazy okay yeah well we'll read some of those entries right because we're gonna have eventually an yeah. episode in like the future i don't know yeah when. but next week is parent trap as we've said so now we have to hold ourselves to that yep um but after that we'll do an episode where we read old journal entries brianna's will be a lot more emo than mine mm-hmm. mine will be more factual <laughs> telling it as it is <laughs> oh this is what happened so today funny. i literally have an entry about going to the orthodontist are you serious yeah Oh my gosh, that's not juicy. No, it's not. Um, I wasn't juicy. I was in fourth grade. <laughs> well, anyways, that's what we have to look forward to in the coming weeks. Um, yeah. Before we go, want to encourage you, if you have time, um, to write us a review on Apple Podcasts, um, to rate us and write a review, or just rate, or just write a review, whatever you want to do. And each week we will be reading a review. So this week we're reading one from, hmm, Mr. Ed Tastic. No idea who that could be. Uh, and that's our dad, <laughs> if you don't know. He says, totally biased. Is this review even fair? I mean, seriously, I am the dad who was referred to in some of the episodes. <laughs> but I must say, I enjoy hearing these wonderfully prepared young women espouse their beliefs and histories. I have yet to feel that the 40 minutes I spend on Gone with the Windies is wasted. Rather, I feel like my life is richer for the experience. Was that a bird? Yeah, there was a bird doing some crazy things in that tree. It just, like, was very close and flew almost into the window. (laughs) Well, I think that's the podcast. That's our review for the week. That's That's our goals. That's our goals. That's our our... goals. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, I hope you guys learned a little bit more about us, maybe about yourself, if you're a type 1 or a type 4. And I hope you were happily gone with the Windies. Bing 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 b